Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hello, my friends. My guest today is a pioneer of Saudi Arabia's hip hop scene, but he wears many hats. He had his first huge hit in 2008, and he hasn't stopped since. He's a rapper and also a record producer with his own label, IQ Productions. He's been a co host on MTV Arabia and Arabs Got Talent, and he's also an incredible voice actor. We're really lucky to have him here because he rarely does interviews. So please welcome Kusai, a.k.a. Don Legend. Hey, Kusai. How are you doing? Good. Uh, Count my blessings. How are you doing? Also counting out my blessings. That's all we have right now, right? I mean, that's what people are... It's actually a good thing, I think. People are kind of remembering what their blessings are we tend to forget sometimes when everything comes so easily right absolutely especially in times like this it reminds us uh, and and it puts us to the test as well so definitely so i by the way i've really been enjoying your late the latest music you released uh artism right that's what it's called yes oh yeah this is a long story behind that one but it, it felt great just to let it out and uh, i'm loving uh, the feedback and how it's just uh, developing with uh, with the people as as it goes. So what's the story behind it? It's super chill, by the way. It's not a hip-hop track, which is quite different from what you usually do. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like a one-hour, basically, lo-fi musical journey, which is what, what it's called. It's like a amalgamation of, I don't know, 30-something tracks? Yes, absolutely. And the story behind this is trying to... Uh, Keep it short as much as I can. Well, during the quarantine, you know, you're stuck at home. So I decided to to dig uh, deep into some of my old catalogs of music because uh, back when I was in the States uh, in college days, between 96 all the way to the end of 2005, I was there. But the focus when I bought this machine called the MPC 2000 XL, which is very well known to hip hop producers. And um, that has been my baby. And I've just been producing beats, one beat after another, like from five to eight beats a day. That was just my passion. Completely forgot uh, about them, but uh, they still uh, mean something to me because of my musical history back then. And those beats were various between the year 2000 to 2005. So while I was going through the beats, um, I was sitting with my wife and my wife, she told me, you, you like to listen to these lo-fis on, on YouTube. Why don't you select some of these beats and, and 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 release it? And I'm like, you know what? It's actually a great idea. Some has been already been recorded on by independent artists back then when I was in the States. And some are still available. So I just decided to put it together. And I realized that I have over 90 to 100 beats that I can do many volumes. So that was the first volume. And it makes me so interested to, to start working already on volume two. And I'm planning to call it iZone. Every volume has its name. So this one called Artism. Yeah, well, it's super enjoyable just to like have as a chill music or I listen to it when I'm working or driving. So it was a great idea. Your wife had a great idea. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> is she is she also Saudi? Uh, no, she's uh, half Jordanian, half Palestinian. Okay. But she was born, but she was born and raised and, and lives in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Well, you both do. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Good choice. So what's the hip hop scene over there in Jeddah? I think... Uh, people, you know, listening would kind of have a hard time imagining what it would look like. Well, right now it's bigger and better 
but also is more challenging due to the changes that's happening in Saudi Arabia. Still, the eye on hip-hop art and the hip-hop scene is short and limited because of their concerns about the, what the content might be and how violent sometimes uh, this art of hip-hop m- may appear due to the stereotype and what they see on TV because, you know, they see that, you know, uh, what, what they sell, sex, drugs, and violence. And, and, and music sometimes, unfortunately, tend to play that role, even though that I've been paving the way of, of um, playing my role as an ambassador and a role model and, and spreading positive uh, hip-hop with a message and also at the same time being very colorful, educating, and entertaining. Um, I've been getting my, my love and my support and my props, but not as much as I uh, think or and what everyone around me say, say that I should. But when it comes to the hip-hop scene, still the outlets are uh, limited. And we're still in the, in the struggle and the fight to prove ourselves and to build our own industry in a, in a better way and in a representable way uh, also for, for the culture and, the, and for the family. And this might take time. But as far as the talent is concerned, it's, it's, it's way better. It's developing. It's progressing. The, the new generation is coming with some nice content. Sometimes they get lost with the trend and lost by um, idolizing or probably copying some of the international artists. That happens sometimes until you develop yourself as an artist and found your own style. But um, it's definitely has developed ever since the Arab Spring of 2011. That's when you feel like there was this burst that just came out. And then after um, the changes that's been happening recently for the past couple of years in Saudi Arabia, that helped as well. Yeah, but like your music um, is very different from what, you know, you hear in the West. Like you said, you know, it's so it doesn't have those elements of, of violence and bad language that you typically hear. And you've been there for a long time. So would you say that Arab hip hop, the way that you kind of pioneered it and it's developed since then is kind of a different genre completely kind of how in the same way that you would talk about the history of, of rock and roll for example when you had a bunch of different genres that were similar but they had differences like you had bluegrass you had the blues um and if it is a different genre besides the lyrics what else differentiates hip-hop uh, arab hip-hop and specifically saudi from western hip-hop i won't say it's a different genre it still falls under the same genre of hip-hop but hip-hop is a very colorful and very diverse because it went international and gave birth also to new sounds such as trap music. But what makes it different is the style of the artist and, of course, the diversity of the language and the music of your own culture and how you want to inject it in in, in the production of the music. That that definitely plays a part. The language uh, also uh, plays a part. The content plays a part. And because of what we see in the Arab world, the main subject is always... Peace. You want to talk about peace because you want to live in, in peace and include the love and harmony and stay for more. And also the expression is different from one country to another due to what they're struggling and what they're going through. Uh, but at the same time, it definitely has the potential to go major, to go international uh, once the right eyes uh, sees the potential. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that Arabic uh, hip hop has the potential to kind of cross over into this into the West, even though oftentimes people like wouldn't get the, the lyrics? Absolutely. No question about that. Maybe. I mean, if I have to look at it from a way, um, 
Jamaican music, uh, not it's still at the end, it's like broken English. That's what they say. But if we want to talk about Latin music, uh, it, it played a major, major role in the world, and everybody started listening to to Latin music. So Arabic, it's a language that everybody right now is 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 looking at, is interested in some few words here and there. So it's really de- it really depends on the artist and how smart he can compose his his content and his music and his delivery by diversifying the language a little bit of English, a little bit of Arabic, and then. Um, with time, people probably going to get used to you injecting more of your own language. And I, I believe that that's, that's an approach. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually, comparing it to Latin music. And I think that what's attractive about it musically it are the kind of the samples of uh, the Oriental uh, musicality of it. I think that's very seductive that for anyone around the world. Um, so, but you were basically the first hip hop artist to come out of Saudi Arabia. Would you say that's true? I, I would like, maybe I would like to say that. I always uh, <laughs> leave uh, the people to judge that. But I remember when I first started, there wasn't really no one around. And plus, you wouldn't know that much as you know right now because of the internet and the connections to the rest of the world, with the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, I would say, um, I was one of the very first ones from the first generation of hip hop in in the Arab world, especially here in in Saudi Arabia. And do you think that because there was no framework and it sounds like the framework is still kind of it's in, uh, initial stages, you think that because of that, you were kind of, um, held back in some way? Like if you had been in a, in a different place and a different time where there were more tools available to you to market your, your music, it would have been different? Or on the contrary, do you think it was easier maybe because you were a big fish in a small pond? You stood out. There was no one else to compete with you. See, this is a very good question because I can look at it from two different perspectives. I mean, uh, both can be right to me. Um, one thing, though, I will never um, regret what I went through from how hard times and, 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 and struggle and how difficult it was for us to express our music or even do hip hop and, 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 and how challenging it is to spread it worldwide as convenient as it is right now. Uh, and I believe if I started now, maybe because of my music sound unique and different and I came up with my own style, it might go definitely to distance, but I am happy and satisfied of, of, of the work that I put um, in my music at the time. What it was, even though a lot of people said that I was ahead of my time, I remember that when I was in college in the states. Uh, but now they told me that this is your time, and 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 you shine, and you and, and you are in a position that you can be like a teacher or an ambassador, or or or, or a major representative of of that art. And I, I that meant more important to me than really the spotlight and the fame and the attention. You know, I I, I started as loving this this uh this art and i devoted my my life to it to a point that i quit my job to pursue it full time and i know that if, if i put my heart in it and my intentions are where it should be god is going to bless my journey May, i might not get everything that i want and i deserve maybe because i did not sell out all the way or agree to every single uh project that that comes to my table I'm, I'm I'm very selective because I'm passionate about the craft that I like to w- represent, and I know that I can definitely keep uh, continuing uh, taking it to to the distance as far as I can until maybe the right opportunity presents itself. Regardless, so 
to me, either or, I'm I'm fine where I'm at, and I, I won't say that I wish and everything. Is sometimes I wish that we had some of these things back in the days, but at the same time, oh, I'm glad we did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you've had a really interesting career. You've uh, I think you've collaborated with people like Ludacris and Akon. Uh, is that correct? Uh yes, we shared the same uh, stage and I believe in 2007 at the opening of MTV Arabia. And uh we were at the same studio and we were at the same stage. We didn't have official songs released, but um that was the vibe then. Yeah. Yeah. D- would you say like it must be um kind of a interesting position to be in in your shoes to be on the one hand I you know I was reading about you and um I I read you know because Saudi music or Middle East has its own genre of music right so I was reading uh critics who were saying that basically you were selling out to western style music when you decided to be a hip-hop artist so on the one hand your people are kind of saying well you're doing you know you're selling us out And then, but on the other hand, you're not really like your typical hip hop artist. So when you meet people like that, that are like American hip hop artists, like Ludacris, it must, you must not feel like, you know, you're exactly like them. So how, how does, how did that feel? Do you feel like you connect with those artists? Um, would you imagine that you'd be able to write music with them and produce music with them? Absolutely. I believe that I can connect uh, to different artists, to different culture. To different people uh, due to the craft that I built on my own by calling it the ambassador craft. I did a song for Egypt. I did a song uh, for Bilad al-Sham, uh, Lebanon, Syria, and Palestine, for uh, Morocco, and I have one for Sudan coming at the new year, uh, and one for Armenia, Germany, the States. So my music it connects to the world because I try to speak their language. And then at the same time, I speak the universal language, which is English. And also I have to uh, inject my own culture, my own language and my own musical instruments and, 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 and percussion. And of course, I accept and, uh, the, 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 the criticism because that's the journey of every pioneer or every entrepreneur that comes up with something new, unique, and different. As long as you don't feel like you are given something wrong, those criticisms won't hurt you. As a matter of fact, I embrace them. And at the end, I look at the bright side and I look at the, the people that understood what I'm delivering. And uh, I collect that uh, love and that energy because we have a lot of uh negative energy around us and we have to accept the fact that this is not going to fade away might as well stay positive instead of just going with the flow and let these things hurt you or or, or shake you and, and put you in a position that you just don't want to be in you are in control of your own destiny so yeah Definitely. Do you, do you think that some of that negativity is due to the way the media makes too much of a big deal about cultural differences and people's differences, which kind of divides like humans on the planet, the human race, by make us, making us think that we're all so different? Um, because I feel like when I travel around the world, and I know you've traveled and you meet people from other cultures, I just, when you're speaking to them in person, they're just regular people, right? Even if they speak a different language or they have a different skin color, you communicate. You, 
you end up communicating with them in a human way. It really doesn't matter if you're from a different culture. Do you think that some of the fears that people have about people selling out and all that are because of the way the media portrays differences instead of uniting people? I personally try to stay away from the media and from interviews. I don't do a lot of interviews. Uh, because I'm more intellectual and, and I like to speak about my music. I don't like to speak about gossips. I don't like to speak about the basic questions like, how was the beginning of your career? When did you start? And this and that. No, I like to get deeper into conversations. And besides all these things, they always like to jump to subjects that, that, that sells, that gets attention. So I stay away from that because I'm aware of what the media does. But at the same time, we are in the media. The media. We are in the need of the media. So I go to the media at the time when I have something that I want the people to know about, which is work, a project, a music video, a show, or whatever it is. And whatever the media is going to cover, that's what the media does. So it, it has it, 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 its pros and cons. I, I, play it, I play it safe, but it definitely plays a part. Yeah. Well... Let's go deep into something now. I'm going to play uh, an excerpt from one of your sh- songs. What I guess it was your first big hit. I'm getting married tonight. I found the lady of my dream who treats me right. This hour is a time to let it go. So I wake up in the morning by the sign on the phone. It's Big H telling me he's picking me up from home. Vacation set by far. After that, I'm about to hit the gym with my crew. So I can look same for my baby boo. Pass by my family and get the blessings. So I wanted to play it because I'm sure you don't sit around listening to your old music every day. <laughs> yeah, well, this, this is my, my Billie Jean, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people fell in love with that song because you totally hit all that the was, right notes. That was the, that was the first hit. That was the first single. That was the opening. So I call it my Billie Jean. It's the wedding. And, you know, I guess, uh, you know, Arabs in general love these big festive weddings and the video is is a wedding. And then you kind of threw in the hip hop with that. It was like the perfect blend of like everything that people would love. But when you look, yes. yeah, but when and the lyrics are so sweet and kind of innocent, when you look back, how much have you, Kusai, changed as a person since you release that every day you learn something new and you develop i, f- I feel like i'm in in, in in a way better uh spread knowledge and and, and in control and diversity of, of music and i can take it uh very far as much as i want to but also at the same time um listening sometimes to some of my old stuff made me realize oh man i was good doing that at that time And maybe I should, if I forgot about some few things, I, maybe I should go back and look into it and develop it again to where I am right now. And I do that a lot in my music. Yeah. Well, we should never go back to, you know, no matter how good of a success that was, if you wanted to do something similar now, it would have to be completely different because the world has changed so much. Um, that's 12 But my years. music, I mean, I thank God that my music says that uh, that I'm trying to be as different as I can. Like every, every song has its own identity or there are some certain songs that they have their own theme and their own path as social as uh, related more to uh, the world so 
Yeah, you have a lot of variety in your music um, and in your work. But you had this other video that I was watching, Yella, in 2012, which has about 12 million views, by the way, on YouTube, um, if that means that anything. my biggest Arabic single, yes. That uh, is, Yella is a very special song because I remember producing it when I came up with the idea. Actually, I came up with the idea a long time ago when I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm talking 2004, 2005. Um, but... It took me all these years to to execute the idea when I was in Lebanon during the time when I was shooting Arabs Got Talent season two. And uh, I was inspired by uh, the Lebanese um, music and, and, and the culture. And that played a big part of the song. And thank God when I released it in Arabs Got Talent, it turned out to be my biggest uh, Arabic uh, single around the Middle Eastern region. It, it was pretty racy, though, for Saudi Arabia. I mean, Yara, the singer you collaborated with, was wearing a short sleeve T-shirt and she was dancing. Um, where did you shoot that video? In Lebanon. Ah, so did you get any backlash at all from your community or from the Arab world? Nah, I didn't pay attention to that. I'm, I'm sure something came up. But uh, then again, when everyone said I'm ahead of my top, look where we are right now. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any ever have any uh, when you do meet people, uh, artists from the West? Do you ever feel any skepticisms on their part in terms of you because you're you're kind of a kinder, gentler, or different kind of of hip hop? Do you ever feel any skepticism on their part, or or is it full respect for doing what you do in in your own way? Yeah, not at all. I, I always felt the love and the respect because everyone. Uh, figured out that I was different and I was determined and focused and I had my mission and my own craft and and and, and it's been a, a great journey. And when I went back in 2017 for a visit and I met some of my old peers when we started hip hop together in the underground in, in Orlando, Florida, uh, and they were so happy for me and they were cheering and look, man, you came a long way right now. You're rocking the stage of the House of Blues. Back then we used to come here and watch some of my, some of our idols. And we're proud of you and the mission that you're spreading in hip hop and the message that you're in. So I believe that I'm doing the right thing. Plus, you know, if it's not about being staying humble as much as like if you have the right attitude around any individual and, and stay with an open mind, then basically the picture can be a lot clearer of how this individual in front of you can understand you and then you can, can connect intellectually. But if not, then you're seeing a, a dumb fool in front of you and you don't want to waste time with them. So. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., there's a lot of opportunity for like performing, but how is it in, in Saudi and how has it been like with COVID and stuff? I mean, has it been tough for you as a, as a performer? Do you still perform? Uh, this year has been a very, very challenging year. No, I this particular year, I haven't done any performance except in Sudan in February. Uh That was actually my very first show in Sudan, my very first visit in Sudan. And let me tell you, the love was tremendous. I've never felt that energy before. And I've traveled around the world a lot in many stages. Uh, and every stage in every country that I went to have, I have something special in there and a story to tell. But Sudan was definitely different. The energy, the vibe, the love. And that was the last show that I did when I came back, uh, because by March, everything was uh, was a lockdown. Because January, I was in Morocco, right before Sudan, shooting the music video for Dardi Ali, the one that was released in May. That's crazy, though. You performed in Sudan. Like, most people would never imagine that that 
you know, hip hop would be a thing there. Because again, when you think about the media, all you hear about is like the terrible things happening there. Um, so what was it like? Believe me when I tell you, yeah. there's a huge hip hop scene in Sudan, not huge hip hop scene as much as all the, the, the huge talent have amazing young diverse artists yeah well if you think about where hip-hop came from you know it came from the streets right in the u.s from people that were living in in tough conditions so that makes perfect sense so it's only natural it is only yeah. natural that and that kind of explains why saudi arabia maybe it would have less of a scene because it's not it's not a place where you know there's su as much of like a hard knock life kind of situation for people growing up there Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Here, you get inspired by the culture more than 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 having it or receiving it from your own culture or from the street. So, what what do you like? What what uh, kind of drives you more? The musical aspect of it, or the writing lyrics? Which part of what you do kind of tickles your fancy, <laughs> if I can put it that way? Yeah, yeah. Well, I say music. Absolutely, it's music because. Yes, I am a hip-hop artist, but before I'm a hip-hop artist, I'm a music lover. And um, I used to listen to different kind of music when I was young. Uh, funk was my main thing, and I've idolized so many artists from Michael Jackson to Prince, Lionel Richie, Ray Charles, uh, and, and to name many uh, other artists all the way till I got called by hip-hop when I heard LL Cool J and then later on Tupac and, and, and the list goes on and I've been influenced by many, many, many artists. But the music has always played a big part because my ears has always caught the melodies and the production and the drums and, and, and I built the music in my head. But when it comes to writing, writing never stops. Every, every few minutes, every uh, other day, I just grab a pen and a paper And I just start writing about whatever. And then later on, I see if my writings has connected to any of the music that I've composed or I have from other producers. And that's how can the connection happens sometimes. While other times, there's a mission. I want to do a song about this particular subject, whether I produce the song or I look for the right producer to help me to do so. And whether I'm going to have it solo or collaborating with an artist of my choice, just like the song that I'm working on right now. Uh, that I'm planning to release it uh, next year. This, this, this is going to be a very special, dear, dear song to my heart. And I'm not going to talk about it right now uh, and, and until uh, see you next year. <laughs> well, you already did, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to go into details and tell you what the subject about or what is it called. Is it in But Arabic? I started working on it. Uh, it's not in Arabic. It's in English and in Arabic. So... I play both parts, but it's maybe 60% English, 40% Arabic. Cool. Can't wait. So do you write, do you work on your music every day? Because I know you're doing a lot of other stuff now. You're doing a lot of uh, voice acting, which is really cool. But do, do you work on your music every day? How do you split up your time? Not every day. Not as much as I would love to. Um, you know, there, there are more duties in my life right now than just uh, music. But whenever I'm in the studio... Uh, I just go. I just go through music, whether um, something new that I'm working on, something I haven't completed. Um, but yeah, I wanted to spend actually more time with my music as not as before. But uh, getting involved in other things, just like voiceover and acting as well. Um, I've already started working a couple of projects, a couple of series that's going to go go in two different major uh, networks. Um, 
can can speak of the titles right now, but I've completed one and I'm going to start working on another one soon and, you know, a potential movie. So I'm getting into acting as well. So something I've always had love and passion for, but I never pursued it like I pursued music. Oh, that's amazing. Is that happening in Jeddah as well? Absolutely. Yeah, the the industry there is uh, booming, the film. And... Oh, oh, yeah. You got the word, booming. Yeah. So yeah. you might have a you know second life, a completely different uh, vocation. But um, I know you know what kind of caught my eye because I I I did like that movie Spies in Disguise. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you you voiced the main character Lance Sterling. I'm just curious, how do you say Lance Sterling in Arabic? Lance Sterling. Like that, like you don't give it some kind no. of like accent no. or role. No. Uh, because Lance, 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 Lance Sterling. Yeah, if you want to say Lance Sterling. Lance yeah, Sterling. Yeah. Well, I, well, I can't do that. You asked me the wrong person, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> I said it, Lance Sterling. The, the, they, they hired you, so I think you got it right. Um, you also did this track for for Cheetos, uh, Chester Cheetah, which is really cool and kind of fun. Absolutely fun. I love the Chester. He's a hell of a character. Yeah, for a guy that that's... Uh, kind of been, been the pioneer and and uh like been like the the one of few people in an industry of a small industry you seem to have done pretty well commercially because I, i noticed in a lot of your videos also you had like some product placements did i see that right and it, it was like pretty early on you had like some i think some pepsi in there and some brown absolutely yes i i i, I come up lessons i think god i worked with some major companies you know such as pepsi and zen and mastercard and to name a few Um, and, and I'll continue doing that as long as I see myself connected to the product, uh, all the way to Cheetos. And, um, it, it never gets old because it's, it's part of what I do. You know, this is business and also at the same time as entertainment. Um, as long as, you know, and, and, and I see myself uh, doing it and just continue love doing it because, uh, it, it keeps your spirit young. You know? Yeah, and and those uh, commercial uh, c collaborations, I guess you could call them, are kind of the way that artists, I think, can survive of their craft these days. With the way the music industry has gone, where everyone's getting their music for free, I would think. Would I have that right? <laughs> Correcto mundo. Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh it's good. At least you know there's a, a good way to kind of make it happen. Or you know otherwise, I really it's it's hard to understand how artists can survive in this environment. I mean, the record labels are kind of non-existent. Everyone has to kind of you know produce their own stuff and then you know where are you selling your music so uh it's it's amazing that you've been able to do this and and quite impressive um what are you yes. working on next besides the, all these acting roles well you know just as i mentioned earlier after i released uh Dardi Ali in, in may as my single for morocco my next single um is uh, black pharaohs al faraina a suit the one that is dedicated to sudan and we're planning to release it on uh during Independence Day, which has happened to be the 1st of January of 2021, God willing. And, um, and, and then once 2021 starts, I have some few projects uh, on the work, uh, whether it's uh, some series on TV or uh, a movie and definitely a couple of singles and another volume of Musical Journey. Great stuff. Sounds exciting. Well, thank you. You have an amazing voice, by the way, Kusai. It's so deep and resonant. I think I could recognize it in a crowd, if, like if I was blind. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, Thank you very much. It's kind of like a perfume, you know, like, you know, you smell someone before you see them. <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. I like that. I like that. Your voice <laughs> yes. is like a perfume. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. I realize you don't do a lot of interviews, so we feel really lucky and, and we're glad you joined us today. And I feel lucky as well. I, I, I thank you. Um, I think uh, I, I thank the questions, you know, and, uh, and, and your time as well. Yeah, well, keep us posted on, on your projects. Absolutely, and I appreciate your time. All right, take care, Kusai. All the best, you too. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Don't forget to click that subscribe button so you'll know when a new episode comes out. Bye, everyone. Bye.